Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got Graham. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackey. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's going on? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sallerson coming to you from Studio B. It's a great Tuesday. It's a little hot outside, and mini camp is underway right now for the Saints. Saints minicamp presented by Verizon. Tuesday through Thursday from 11 a.m. to 1.20 p.m. Again, if you're catching this afternoon central, it's already going on. Lots of fans out there watching and uh, should be a good couple days and we'll have plenty of coverage on NewOrleansSaints.com. Hope Tuesday this Tuesday finds you well. And uh, before I get into everything, con- quick congratulations to the Chicago Blackhawks and all the fans there in Chicago as the Blackhawks win the Stanley Cup for the third time in six years last night, 2 nothing over the Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, I saw a picture of Anthony Davis on Instagram with a Chicago Blackhawks hat representing his hometown team. So uh, congratulations to him. I'm sure he's pretty excited. And the Blackhawks, again, Stanley Cup champions, third time in six years. Wow. Uh, getting a little bit of a dynasty there in Chi-Town. Lots of stuff going on today as well. LSU baseball plays at 2 o'clock. Elimination game against Cal State Fullerton. Best of luck to them. And, uh, oh, yeah, NBA Finals tonight. Uh, just a little thing. Game 6 between the Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors. 3-2. Uh, to two. Golden State has the lead and could wrap up their first championship in, I believe, almost 40 years tonight in Cleveland. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, we wish Alvin Gentry, the Pelicans' new head coach, best of luck as He's on a quest for his an NBA title, and then once he's done with that, he heads right on to New Orleans and gets going as the draft is next week. Then you have free agency. He's got to get his coaching staff together. So busy time for Alvin Gentry, and uh, let's see if he can wrap things up tonight um, and Cleveland for game six. On today's show, we're focusing on the Saints, and we'll focus actually on a little golf. Yes, we do talk about other things sometimes besides the Pelicans and the Saints, and we'll have Brian Manzella on, who is a golf teacher right here in New Orleans, rated a top 100 golf teacher by Golf Magazine. He also teaches at English Turn Golf and Country Club. He will come on the preview to U.S. Open, which starts on Thursday. It's at Chambers Bay in Washington State, which is a pretty interesting course. I'll let him tell you about that. And uh, who and he'll talk about who he has winning it all as far as the major championship. So we'll have some golf on today, and we'll also have John DeShazer to give us a little preview of minicamp. What can we expect? It's basically... Just like OTAs, but uh, open to the public. And for fans, it is open to the public, except 
if in an event of inclement weather, including rain, thunderstorms, and extreme heat, they may move the practice indoors with no advance warning. And since there's really not a lot of room in the facility, it will be closed. So uh, be on the lookout for schedule changes on NewOrleansSaints.com or by following the Saints on Twitter, at Saints, or their Facebook page, like them, and you can get all the updates for that. Gates will open to the public 45 minutes prior to each practice, and there's no charge of you practice. Video is prohibited. Fans are advised to arrive early so that their bags can be checked. Um, no backpacks, no video cameras, no oversized handbags, no outside food and beverage, pets, and any other items deemed unacceptable by the Saints. Food, beverages, and merchandise will be available for purchase, and make sure you park in the Zephyr Field parking lot. So lots of information there that I just threw out there about Saints minicamp. But again, it's 11 to 1.20 p.m. Tuesday through Thursday, open to the public unless of inclement weather. And be sure to log on to NewOrleansSaints.com for more information. And we'll have plenty of coverage on the website and in writing by John DeShazer, who will come on in just a second to preview Saints minicamp. minicamp excuse me. Actually, let's go and do that now. When we come back, John DeShazer will join us. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. I'm Chip Chapman, here on the street asking people what they would do with a $40 million Powerball jackpot from the Louisiana Lottery. I'd fly to Italy to go shoe shopping with my girlfriends. I'd invest it, of course. I could double that money in no time. And you, sir. I'd buy me a vacation home on my own private island and a new sports car and a golden hot tub. That's club. quite enough from you, sir. Play Powerball at any Louisiana Lottery retailer. Starting jackpot $40 million. Must be at least 21 to purchase. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. All right, welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Time to talk mini camp as it starts today. Mini camp is presented by Verizon, and joining me now, John DeShazer, senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com. JD, were you one of the few uh, out here at 6 a.m. waiting in line to uh, see this team? Well, I was here at 6 a.m. not waiting in line for practice. Mm -hmm. uh, the folks who do that, God bless them. Uh, dedicated people. Uh, I could not see myself doing it if I was off work. Uh, but since I am on work and I came out to do a couple of early interviews, I was uh, out there in the dark along with them. All right. Well, uh, three days of minicamp start today. Mandatory minicamp for the Saints. And uh, for those who really don't know or want to know more, J.D., what is basically the difference between minicamp and OTAs? Is there a lot of uh, is there any difference or is it more a name or is it more just mandatory? Uh, it's more mandatory. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, there's absolutely no difference between this and OTAs. As Coach Payton pretty much said last week, um, you know, the guys are still out there. There are no pads involved. There is no contact involved. So uh, so they'll be doing pretty much the same things 
that they were doing last week and the week before and the week before in OTAs, which is installation offensively and defensively, obviously. A little bit more of it defensively because they're trying some new things this season, trying to scale back some and try to, you know, really intensify the things that they're doing, doing fewer things but doing those things better. But offensively, this has been the same system that has been here since pretty much 2006. So if you're a veteran, you can pretty much kind of roll out of bed and go through this offense uh, during these OTAs and this mini camp. So, you know, not a whole lot of things done except for the installation uh, uh, defensively. So it's more playbook stuff for offense, defense, really? and then also yeah, because, uh, fundamentals and stuff? Yeah, because, I mean, if, if you're not going to have pads on, which right. you don't during minicamp and you don't during OTAs, you know, there's not a, a great – you can't get great work done, but you can get work done. And then mostly it's mental reps. And that's what all the players will tell you. You can do some things full speed, but it's mostly about mental reps and mental preparation. Um. So what about as far as position battles? Is there anything that could be gained or lost from these mini camps here? Well, you you know the main thing uh, as a player, you know the, you 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 got to be in shape. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's not a good look if you're not in shape right. for for OTAs and mini camps. But position battles and everything that's pretty much going to be established in training camp mm-hmm. during OTAs. You know the guys you can watch are the skill position guys. You know the the cornerbacks against the wide receivers and and the linebackers and safeties against the tight ends and the running backs and those kinds of things. Those are guys that are out in space so you can get a, a, a good glimpse of speed and, and moves. And, you know, those guys have a little bit more, you know, to do with it because they're not as physical. You know, you might want to jam a guy off the line of scrimmage. You know, those are things that you do in a regular game. But, you know, when you, we're talking about the trenches, offensive and defensive lines, when you don't have on pads and you're not really able to, to put your hands on a guy and manhandle him and push him around and gain your leverage, you can't gain a whole lot of, out of it. You can see if a guy is in decent shape, but again, he's not in pads. He's not pushing against somebody. The fatigue factor isn't the same. So you can't get a great gauge of what's happening when you're watching guys on the interior line. And again, that's something that Coach Sean Payton mentioned again last week, you know, how you can't really gauge, you know, what a guy is doing if it's on the interior. But you can watch the skill position, guys. You can see the quarterbacks. You want to see them get the ball out quickly and on time. If a guy's just holding the ball, you know, in a regular game, you're saying, okay, that's going to be a sack or a guy's going to be pressured or whatever. But you can see guys make accurate throws. You can see guys make acrobatic catches. You can see nice pass breakups and acrobatic interceptions as well. Those are the guys you can probably get a better gauge on instead of the guys on the interior. So for guys like maybe Garrett Grayson and Ryan Griffin, who could be battling for that third uh, third string quarterback position, is that something that maybe this can kind of show a little bit of showcase for them? Well, for them, but 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 in terms of battle for them, not a whole lot because, again, you want to see when the live things are flying. Right. So, you know, you get a better look at those guys during training camp and certainly during the preseason. Garrett Grayson being a, a, a rookie draft pick, you know, he's a guy that obviously the Saints have have a lot of uh, a, a lot of future invested mm-hmm. in. And Ryan Griffin being a guy who's been around for a couple of years, so that could be a decent position battle. And the guy who might, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Luke McCown in that situation either. So, you know, those guys. But, again, if you're looking at it in minicamp, what you want to see is the guy get the ball out. You want to see him be accurate. That's what they say they've seen from Garrett Grayson. We know they've seen that from Ryan Griffin. So that'll be a decent positional battle as we go along deeper into the summer. What about the tight end position? You wrote an article recently about Josh Hill. Is this his uh, tight end starting job to lose? I think it is. I mean, they're going to run a lot of two tight end, you know, formations with he and and Ben Watson. But Josh Hill uh, is, you know, you don't want to call him sneaky athletic, but I think that's the good word for it. He's a lot more athletic than people, I believe, think and give him credit for. And his teammates say as much. And uh, he's going to be a guy who's pretty pretty productive. He's versatile enough 
to play all the special teams. And you hear guys on this team say, look, I've never seen a tight end able to play all the special teams and do what Josh Hill can do. So this could be a breakout type season for him. Now, is he going to catch, you know, 85, 90 passes like Jimmy Graham? Probably not. But he's a guy who whose production should spike pretty well. I mean, and if it goes up to 55, 60 catches, you know, you figure that, you know, it's going to be a spread out offense, you know, where, you know, C.J. Spiller is going to get some of that production and Brandon Cooks is going to get a little bit more production because he'll be healthy all year. Um, hopefully, you know, Shontavious Jones and Brandon Coleman develop as wide receivers as the Saints believe they will. And so there'll be some production spreading around, but certainly Josh Hill is going to get his chance. And, and I'm anxious to see what he's going to do myself, to be honest with you. You mentioned the offensive defensive line really can't do a lot because there's no contact here in uh, mini camp. But uh, a new addition for the Saints, Kevin Williams, uh, veteran defensive tackle, played for the Seahawks last. Uh, what does he bring to the table, and does he have enough in the tank right now? Well, he is a mountain of a man. Yeah, six four and probably about three thirty, three forty, and maybe you know upwards that. And uh, you know when he was with Minnesota, and he was with Seattle. He was one of those guys who could anchor a defensive line and basically just you know fortify it. And you know he's a great run stuffer. And from time to time, he can uh, apply some pressure and collapse a pocket. So if he's got something left, and he's 34 years old, going on 35, but if he's got something left, left, he'll be a great addition because Broderick Bunkley's coming back from injury from last season. John Jenkins had a disappointing second season. So he's a guy who you know the veteran production you can get out of him. Now, again, the question is how much does he have left? Does he have a good season left in him that he can help this defense? But, you know, again, this is an opportunity to see what he's got. He hadn't been in this kind of heat probably in quite some time, yeah. if ever, <laughs> you know, being in Seattle and being in Minnesota. So it's going to be interesting to see how he reacts here during this mini camp and then how much work he, get, he gets done. Again, not going to have on pass, so it won't be as strenuous as it could be, but it's going to be interesting to see how he, how he reacts. All three practices are open to the public, so a chance for the fans to come see this team, some of the new faces. Um, a couple of players, who should they look out for if they're attending mini camp? Well, I mean, if you're going to look out for somebody, I I look at the receivers and then especially uh, Shontavious Jones and Brandon Coleman, the two guys we mentioned previously, uh, because those are guys who could be in position to have breakout seasons. I am personally, uh, and you know, I, I like watching Shontavious Jones. I think he's a really good mixture of size and ability. Uh, Brandon Coleman, though, has come you know, light years from where he was last year where he, he barely could catch the football. And now he's a guy who is a huge target. He's about 6'6". So be interesting to see how the Saints might be able to use him. And, uh, you know, if I'm going to look at some guys defensively, you know, not Brandon Brown or Keenan Lewis. We know who the starting corners are. But the guys who are going to be supplemental in that cornerback position, and one of those guys is going to be Delvin Bro. It looks like Delvin Bro, New Orleans kid, who you know we know his you know his story, you know the broken neck and had to go to the CFL, but he looked fantastic in OTAs last week, and that's one of the positions that you know you are able to get a little bit of a gauge on when a guy makes a leaping interception, you know, as acrobatic as he did last week, and when he's in there for pass breakups. Those are things that I believe you can quantify and you can kind of look at and say, you know what, this guy knows what he's doing. And the interesting thing is Brandon Browner didn't work out in the OTA practice that we were able to view last week, but Delvin Bro lined up with the first-team defense. That tells me that he's a guy who's high in regard and he's a guy whose ability is showing through. And they say, you know, this moment isn't too big for him right now. So I'd, I'd watch out for Delvin Bro, the New Orleans kid.
All right, so a couple players to look out for there if you are attending minicamp presented by Verizon. It's 11 a.m. to 1.20 p.m. today, so if you're listening to this afternoon central, it's going on right now, and J.D. will have full coverage on NewOrleansSaints.com the next couple of days as Coach Payne will speak afterwards. And then look out for his five things you need to know about minicamp. That's on right now on NewOrleansSaints.com, plus that great article on Josh Hill. J.D., uh, try, to stay, try to stay cool out there today. That's going to be just about impossible. I'm seeing where it's going to be like 90 around noon or so and um, we're going to be out there for two and a half hours so you know, it's going to be one of those days where if it does come with a little cloud cover and if it does just happen to start raining you know it's not going to bother me a bit maybe you should get one of those cool umbrella hats to kind of you know it well, covers it works it's not really stylish yeah but. it ain't stylish at all i can't see myself doing that one so you know i'll get one of the, I'll, I'll do something well i'll take that back this is south louisiana there's nothing you can really no. do it's just going to be a whole lot of sweating and, and stinkiness out there but you know we'll we'll suffer through it along with the fans because they got to sit on the aluminum bleachers god bless yeah. them you know they're tougher than me because i don't know if i could take that but <laughs> at least we get to move around <laughs> and not be stuck to the aluminum so we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, it, it's going to be a scorcher out there, man. I'm, I'm not looking forward to that part of it. Bring some cushion for your keister there if you're the fan sitting on that aluminum, as J.D. mentioned. And again, look out for all of J.D.'s stuff and uh, player interviews on NewOrleansSaints.com. We're going to turn our attention to golf, Some J.D. I know loves playing and is very good at. Uh, we'll focus on the U.S. Open next on the Black and Blue Report. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit and a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. Bring us your purpose and we'll blend it. Looking to purify your diet? Hurry in now and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King, proud supporter of the New Orleans Pelicans. Smoothies with a purpose. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get texts with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun, interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show. Every now and then we like to switch things up and touch on some other major sporting events going on. And this week, the U.S. Open Golf Tournament begins on Thursday. Joining me now to help preview the tournament is Brian Manzella, a three-time Golf Magazine Top 100 teacher in America. He was ranked as the 40th best teacher in America on Golf Digest, 50 best teachers list for 2013 and 14. And he teaches right here in New Orleans at English Turn Golf and Country Club. Brian, welcome to the show, and thanks for coming on this morning. Great great to be on. Look, looking forward to talking about uh, some good stuff. Yeah, lots of good stuff, stuff, including the U.S. Open starting on Thursday. Um, Brian, let's start with the course, Chambers Bay in Washington State. It's the first time this course is hosting a major championship. I hear some golfers are excited and some 
are dreading it. Why is this course such an issue with some of the golfers? Well, you know, when you say U.S. Open to someone of my age, I'm 53, that means something, right? It, it sort of means a uh, Eastern United States old-school golf course, tree-line parkland golf course, like a Wingfoot, like Oakmont, right? Even though Oakmont took a lot of trees out a few years back. Um, and and this is certainly very non-traditional, more of a Lynx-type course, right? Um, which I don't think would scare everybody uh, player-wise as much as it has if it wasn't also a completely untested course when it comes to a, uh, a tournament of any magnitude, especially a U.S. Open. So you're looking at, you're looking at a, a course that the people that have played it think it's a little, I don't want to say the word tricked up, but maybe tricky, mm-hmm. uh, and, and definitely is going to throw the, uh, the outcome and, and, and the tournament itself uh, into a, a state of nobody knows what to expect, right? So maybe what you're going to see is, you know, as people get to play practice rounds and they're going to be locker room talk and all that, you'll get a little bit more sense of what you might have to shoot. But it would be a lot easier to figure out if you were playing a course that there's been multiple majors on. Does it take for some of these golfers the whole uh, weekend to figure out how this course plays and how tough is that to adjust? Well, you know, when you when you when you play a course in a, in a tournament, you know, some people have the, the mindset. Uh, I know Ben Hogan always talked about it, like having a target score, right? And it's a good idea to have some earthly idea if you're playing in a, a four spotter, you know, which is like an open qualifier for a tour event. I mean, nowadays, you know, you, you're going to have to, you know, shoot 66 or something like that, or you're going to get run over. This is the kind of thing where I think, you know, everybody's going to probably play two or three practice rounds here, you know, start in the next day or two. And, and, you know, I'm sure when they feel like they have enough work in, they'll just start working on the shots they need to. But I don't think anybody really knows what to expect from a score standpoint. And I think the best thing that they can do is just go out and play. Most of the time, tour players do not play practice rounds for a score. But I think there'll be some of that this week because, hey, man, what can you shoot on this golf course if you, you know, you – had a number on the end of the day. And I think then you can plot your strategy and figure out what you're going to try to do to try to contend. Now, I'm not, I'm not sure this is true. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm hearing that some of the holes will switch from par fours to fi- par fives and vice versa this weekend. What do you make of this? And do you think the players will like the change? I don't think they'll like it because they're not used to it. Now, right. now, huh, um, it's probably fair, right? Uh, give you a perfect example, an English turn, uh, which a lot of people are familiar with. The second hole is a, is a reachable par five. Mm-hmm. Played it the last couple of days into the wind, it wasn't that reachable. So you, you, you take the tour players, if they played and ever played the New Orleans Open again at English turn, that they would probably play that hole as a, a long four, but it would be a completely ridiculous four into a 20-mile-an-hour March or April win. I mean, nobody, Dustin Johnson might have hit two woods to even get to the front edge. So I think with this course being a little bit more exposed, talking about chambers, uh, I, I think that they, they – and, and, and it's so long. I mean, anytime you got a 78, you know, from all the way by then, I could have played from that long. That means that there's multiple, you know, tee boxes on every hole, and they're going to they're gonna adjust as they go 
because uh, I think that's one of the things that they think they can do to engineer a score. And, and, and make no mistake about it, the USGA always tries to engineer a score. Gotcha. They don't like the idea of anybody shooting 20 on the par. Right. It's never happened, and they, they want to make sure of it. So, you know, they're going to they, – they know it's sort of an odd, uh, you know, uh, a wild card, the course and the, and the setup, and they're going to adjust as they go. And, and some of that's going to be the ability to go four and five on different holes. Absolutely. Uh, we have the Masters champion Jordan Spieth looking for back-to-back major championships. He had the number one player in the world in Rory McIlroy, who's been playing well since finishing in the top five at the Masters. Do you expect those two to be the front runners this weekend? Well, I know the odds makers do, right? Yeah. They got them at six, seven to one, um, uh, and the next guy, Dustin Johnson, is like sixteen to one. It's real easy to say that, right? But right. Rory's coming off of a tournament where he played pretty poorly, and uh, you know, Steve, you know, is, is playing okay, but he's not. You know, he he tends to be a an on form golfer. Um, I know his teacher, Cameron McCormick, and he knew he was going to play good at the Masters. Now, when you never can pick that, but. You know, he was just coming in to, to determine on form. Dustin Johnson's a popular pick, and he's the third choice. Mm-hmm. He, he played a few holes in Memphis and got the heck out of Dodge. So I, I, I think that it's easy to say that those two guys, you know, they're the, I think they're the best players in the world right now, would, would be in contention. And I bet you the TV people think that. But, uh, you know, it really sort of depends on the weather, I think the the wind is you know it'll affect those two guys differently, and uh, also it's a really long course. Speed is not anywhere near as long as Rory, and if and if, it, if 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 the length is as much of a factor as uh, Chris Como, who's a friend of mine, went out there with Tiger a couple of weeks ago and told me the length is going to be a factor, which it hasn't been in an Open in a, in a long time. I think that that's that's advantage McElroy. You mentioned Tiger, and uh, this might be a very generic question, but I don't know if you can solve this question. I don't know if you can, I can answer as well. But what is wrong going on with Tiger Woods? Is it more mental at this point right now than physical, or is it a little bit of both? I don't think it's mental at all. I think Tiger Woods could play for me <laughs> with my, you know, uh, uh, my golf swing and my body and my, you know, limitations, and play a million times better than I play. So I, I don't think there's any mental issues with him. I mean, the thing about golf is everybody's a genius when the ball's going where you're looking, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, all this stuff about course management and all this kind of stuff, you know, it, it, it all goes out the window. You get up on the first tee and it's a right-to-right shot. So uh, the simple answer to the question is Tigers had a teacher since he was three years old, and the last two – I'm talking about Chris now, but the last two guys, Handy and Foley, did the most changing. They, they put the most stuff in, and he's trying to take it out, but it's just it's, it's like putting the genie back in the bottle. It, it's not it's not been that easy, and I've talked to Chris a lot about it, and there's a lot that he can't tell me, and there's a lot that he tells me that I can't tell anybody, but I can tell you this, it's just not that easy. Now, having said that, if Tiger – got a new teacher tomorrow i'm not saying that's going to happen his job is going to be a million times easier than chris's job was when he got the job in november so chris's job is easier right now too but the, the problem is that everybody looks at things like the 
the 85 at the Memorial, and they think, oh, the sky is falling. I think Tiger just – he had played the practice round already at, at, at Chambers. He, he knew he, wasn't, he didn't have what he was going to need, and he started experimenting on the golf course at the Memorial at the expense of his score. And, mm-hmm. and uh, if I had $500 million in the bank, I'd probably do that the next time I play in a tournament too. But, uh, of course, the media and all the golf fans feel like the sky is falling. And I don't think he's coming in on any particular form either. But it's the type of golf course where shot making becomes a little bit more of a factor than just standing up there and, okay, you know, there's trees on the right, there's trees on the left, and you're trying to hit your ball here. And then you, there's the green, and you take out your six iron, and you try to hit the ball there or the green. This is going to be you really need to hit a knockdown three wood off the tee with a little cut to get into that hill to keep it away from that wind. And then the next hole, you're going to have to hit a real high drive because it's downwind. It's the only way you can get over those very difficult bunkers that otherwise makes the fairway very narrow. So that helps Tiger. The more he can – the weather dictates what he has to do, and the more shot-making he has to do, the better he he is at that to the field than he is at just hitting straightforward shots as we we speak right now. So – Obviously, for the sake of uh, not just my buddy who's on the on the, on the job right now, but for for the fans uh, in golf, and uh, wouldn't want the media or Brandon Chambly to lose their mind any more than they already have. Mm-hmm. I hope he plays decent. Yeah, I hope so too. Of course, you can never rule out uh, Tiger Woods, and uh, should be an interesting tournament uh, come this weekend. Before I let you go, Brian, I know you're a big Saints fan, Saints season ticket holder. Uh, lots of roster moves went on this summer. Uh, the mini camp is about to go on today. What are your thoughts on the New Orleans Saints right now? Well, I think, uh, you know, you, you have this situation, right? You have this quarterback, and he has this, you know, age on him, right? And you know that you have to do things uh, to fit into this window. I think every fan knows it. I think the national media doesn't really think that way, but everybody around here does. And if you look back at last year, we lost games at the end of games because pretty much what the other team would do was the quarterback would get under center and go, let's see, number 28's on that side of the field. So my team Lewis is on this side of the field. It's third and eight. I'm throwing it the other way. And it was like stealing. And we lost a lot of games that way. And to have Browner on the other side, to have these these new young corners, uh, you know, emerge and hopefully going to have uh, a big factor. Having both safeties healthy going into the uh, people didn't really get to see how good of a player Jairus Bird is. We didn't pay up all that money for nothing. I think having that if that secondary plays up to their capabilities. This is going to be a great year if we can run the ball at all, and I think we have a chance to do that. All right, great analysis there from Brian Manzella and uh, looking forward to watching some golf this weekend. And uh, thanks so much for your analysis uh, about the U.S. Open this weekend. Brian, all the best, and uh, thank you so much for coming on. I'd love to do it anytime. All right, that's Brian Manzella, top 100 golf teacher right here in New Orleans at English Turn Golf and Country Club. We'll be right back. In New Orleans, our irrepressible spirit flows like the river through everything we do, especially when it comes to sports. Following the boys in black and gold or watching the Z's on Airline Highway, New Orleans redefines what it means to be a fan. And this year, 
we're flocking to the nest to watch our New Orleans Pelicans take flight. The Whitney is a proud supporter of the New Orleans Pelicans, a great team for a great city. Whitney Bank, member FDIC. For 27 years, locally owned A Confidential Transportation has provided New Orleans with premium transportation services. The modern fleet of A Confidential sedans, SUVs, limousines, limo buses, and vans are operated by fully licensed and insured chauffeurs. Whether you need to transport corporate clients or you're headed to a special event, let A Confidential get you safely there on time with affordable pricing. Call 504-712-1700 to book your A Confidential Transportation today. Everything you need to know about the Saints and Pelicans is right here on the Black and Blue Report. Good show today. Big thanks to John DeShazer for coming on and previewing Saints minicamp presented by Verizon. Be on the lookout on NewOrleansSaints.com for uh, videos after minicamp and also some writing by John DeShazer. And we'll have those videos for you every day. And some of that sound will be on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. Also, a big thanks to Brian Manzella who uh, golf teacher at English Turn Golf and Country Club. Lots of good stuff about the U.S. Open, which starts on Thursday. Thought we'd change it up a little bit, talk a little golf, as we only have a few more days here on the Black and Blue Report before we hit our hiatus. After Friday's show, we'll go on a hiatus for about five weeks, and then we'll be back in time for Saints training camp. Again, tomorrow's show, we'll focus on the Saints. Uh, Drew Brees, Sean Payton, tons of sound from today's minicamp. And, of course, you never know who else will stop by. Before we let you go... Uh, wanted to touch on the Saints uh, charity softball game, the Tim Alito charity softball game, I should say, that happened this past weekend. Ben Grubbs, usually the one that puts this on, but of course, he is not here with us anymore. Um, Heath Evans also used to do it, so uh, Tim Alito is carrying on the tradition, and uh, he spoke to the media this weekend about the charity softball game, raising some money for local charities. I just want to bring that to the attention, and here's Alito talking about the event this past weekend. About what this event is. The events, the, uh, you know, we're having the home run derby is going on right now. We're going to play a little Saints O versus Saints D. And then uh, afterward, we're going to play, I still can't get it right, it's, it's Linyap. Uh, they won the tournament last weekend, so they get to play us. And we have a, a few girls playing on our team that were that came in second place. So um, it's, it's definitely a fun event. It's a charity event out here. The two charities is benefiting this year is Good Check to Checkout Foundation and Team Gleason. Why is it important for you? Uh, Foul balls here. Um, you know, I think being a professional athlete is just not about, you know, being on the field stuff. It's off the field stuff too. So um, I know it's it sounds really cheesy, but I think of the uh, the the Spider-Man quote where he says, "With great power comes great responsibility," and I think this is one of those responsibilities: getting out and being in the community and being involved. With, with things like this. So, uh, you know, whatever I could do, stuff like that. You know, as Sunday, I got um, the, the Special Olympics bowling down in Harahan. So wh whatever I could do, help out. Yeah, cancer affects everyone. And, you know, a lot of people, like I said before, a lot of people know about my grandma two years ago. So, um, you know, the, the foundation is awesome. They 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 want to, to prevent cancer and, you know, do, do your, you know, regularly checkups to get in, and so you're not going in and finding out you have stage four cancer. So, um, I, I think it's a great organization. Yeah, out of all of the players, uh, you can really play baseball. Uh, who has 
strengths and Cornette's weaknesses, if you know. I well, Hill, Josh Hill just hit two home runs so in the home run derby. So I'm going with him for the uh, who has baseball skills. Uh, probably a lot of the skill players will, will most likely be um, good infielders, outfielders. So um, yeah, well, I, I'm going with him as our as our ringer on our team. So who do you think is going to win offense? I don't know. We got a lot of big guys here for offense. No, not real a lot of big guys on defense, so uh, it might be defense. All right, so big thanks to Tim Molito. Nice job with the charity softball game. Looking forward to many more of those along the way. That'll do it for today's show. Again, big thanks to John DeShazer and Brian Manzella. Enjoy all the basketball tonight, the NBA Finals. Good luck to LSU, and we'll talk to you tomorrow right here from Studio B. I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints Intelligence fans. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.